0: In this episode, I'm joined by the lovely Selena Johnson, founder and CEO of Selena & Co., a VA agency based here in the UK. I've totally scored here because I know you lovely listeners will get immense benefit from her insights and advice for how outsourcing can become a real possibility and solution to your current time pressures that you're feeling in your business. Come hear the lowdown on how to hire the right virtual assistant to leverage your time without throwing away your hard-earned money. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy, and every week I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. everybody and here we are once again another week another episode of the leverage business podcast and you know today i'm feeling very very excited because i'm joined by the lovely selena johnson who's known as the freedom fixer and if you're a fan of the show you'll know we're all about creating freedom selena is founder and ceo of the fabulous va agency selena and co she helps successful coaches consultants speakers and entrepreneurs from across the globe To achieve faster, sustainable results without compromising their time. And she's here with us today to share some of the strategies she's personally used and teaches others to create space in your business to live the life that you want. So I've totally scored here, getting Selena in as my guest today to talk about the wonders of outsourcing and hiring virtual assistants or VAs, because it's one of the biggest game changers for reclaiming a great work life balance. So I'm sure we're going to get some really wonderful insights so you can understand a little bit more about how you can use a VA to leverage your time as part of your strategy for scalable growth. So I'm delighted to welcome you, Selena. It's really great to have you on the show.
1: Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. I have been supporting businesses for the last 16 years. I'm really passionate about helping business owners free their time. So I can't wait to get started and give you some real golden nuggets today.
0: Oh that's brilliant. I mean the pleasure's all all ours really all of our uh, people listening today in fact. I mean I'm keen to dive into this and that's why I was so thrilled to get you on the show because this whole topic of using VAs is something that I think a lot of consultants and coaches and practitioners who are working on their own they kind of put it off because they they, they kind of need to get organized before they can organize someone else. So um you know when when's the sort of time you start hitting a ceiling where you would be thinking about a VA?
1: Generally, there's these telltale signs that you know it's the right time, and it's normally when you start working longer hours, you start feeling that you're burning out, um, you are overexerting yourself, things are slipping through the net, you're missing really good sales opportunities, you're forgetting appointments, and your to-do list is just getting longer and longer and longer, and you just feel like you're not reaching your goal. That's the time when you need to start thinking about hiring support.
0: Brilliant. And I know that you've got a, a, a free gift for our listeners today as well on, on those telltale signs. So I'm glad you mentioned that. And I'll remember to to give people the link for that later. Um, I'd like to start, if I may, with a quick fire round of, of like a Q&A. Are you up for that? Absolutely. OK, so let's do the basics. What is a virtual assistant or a VA?
1: So a virtual assistant is a freelancer. They're self employed. They live all around the globe. and They're not just a UK local dependent. And they work with multiple clients to free their time with various different tasks from admin, operations, social media and marketing.
0: What's the difference from the consultant's point of view between a VA and an employee?
1: So with a virtual assistant, they're liable for their own taxes. They are liable to pay for their own um, equipment in their office. They train themselves to get the skills that they require to do the role. Whereas employing somebody, you would not need to be liable for any insurance, covers, paying for their holiday taxes. And also you would be contracted to have them in office for a period of X amount of hours per week, whereas with a virtual assistant there's that flexibility that they work the hours that are needed for for that month and you can increase or decrease those hours depending on the availability of work that you have
0: that's that's amazing because i think that's probably one of the biggest things that that worries people is like well i'd, I'd have to do all that employment stuff so that's a, that's a great answer thank you and um, what i mean you mentioned a, a couple of things but what tasks generally do people use a va for particularly in the in the kind of first instances
1: So generally, it's the areas that they don't enjoy doing or that are time consuming. So the top tasks at the moment are are social media because there isn't any consistency and they know that they get in to a wider audience through social media. So they ask someone to take over their accounts for them so that they get in those consistent posts going out. Um, Another one will be the tech side because a lot of of entrepreneurs are tech savvy. So they may need the uh, tech VA to create sales pages and then connect the email automations that happen as well. So that's two common tasks.
0: And would you find those things in one person or are we looking at you'd have to sort of hire three or four people to do different aspects?
1: That's a great question because there's thousands of tasks a virtual assistant can do for you. And one VA can't do all of those tasks because they're different skill sets for each of those individual areas. So I like to break them down into three brackets. So you've got your admin VA who would be a traditional PA, email, diary, travel. Then you'd have your operations VA who would be more of like systems, processes and procedures. And then you've got your marketing and creative VA who could do your graphics, social media and then uh, the tech side as well.
0: So you're not likely, I think this is the, 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 <laughs> the holy grail, isn't it? When people are looking for somebody that can do a bit of everything. What's the disadvantage of that?
1: So it's, you can't have someone who's a jack of all trades because it just doesn't work. Because if you're asking somebody to do everything, their zone of genius could be to do the tech stuff for you, but it might not be attention to detail with writing copy or creating a blog for you. So it's very important to make sure you get the right match there and just look for what they're skilled at and focus on those areas. So if you look at your organizational chart of a typical company, you've got the CEO at the top, then you would have the admin department, you'd have the finance department, you'd have the operations department, the marketing. So the same way in your business, you need to make sure you put your people in the right departments based on their skills.
0: Yeah, that's so helpful to look at it in that way. Um, I think because then people are looking at, well, where's the real bottleneck in my business right now as to you know, who I need to hire first to release me from all of this stuff that either I'm overloaded with or I'm actually not doing very well because it's taking up too much time. I think the other quickfire question that, that I get a lot is about how to trust someone working remotely.
1: This is quite interesting because when I was employed working in office, a lot of the the times the people I was supporting at board level, I never used to see them because they were always traveling. They were either in London for a short period of time and they were always in meetings or they were always traveling to meetings abroad. So we used to always communicate by phone call, text messages or emails. So even though I was in office, um, I, I rarely saw them. So it those tools and systems are already in place so working remotely with somebody it's just about building that trust building rapport having regular catch-up calls and setting those expectations at the very start of the relationship
0: and does it help then if you I mean because some people I know they'll they'll kind of ask around and get someone you know or they'll go to an agency or they'll use Upwork I mean does that help with the trust I mean where does if somebody's got an issue with you know giving people logins for your systems and things like that for example what's the best way to kind of alleviate those concerns?
1: Yeah, it, it is difficult because your business is your baby and you you, you want to get the help, but you're not sure if they're the right person. So first of all, definitely look for recommendations. Ask your business network, do they know somebody? But also make sure that they're the person that you're looking for similar to what your business model is as well. Because yeah. if you're mortis business there's no point asking for for help if you're an online business because the type of support is completely different so that's one case um sharing access to platforms there's password management tools you can use such as LastPass, where you don't actually need to give them the information you log it into the platform and the platform gives the access to the va without information so that's a way around also you don't need to start giving access to stuff straight away maybe start them off with research tasks ad hoc tasks, maybe creating something for you um, from scratch um, to just build that trust. Start with small tasks and then build up as you go along
0: yeah no brilliant advice i mean and and this is great. I love this quick fire thing um I mean, hopefully that's given everyone a little bit more clarity to and confidence to sort of start off with with exploring outsourcing so um I mean here's the thing. sometimes we're the victim of our own victory as consultants and coaches and other service providers in fact, where there's a capacity right, and when you're successful, you hit that ceiling and you know, that's the time where things become crazy. As you said, Selena, that, you know, things start kind of, you can kind of start dropping balls basically, and it doesn't feel good. And it feels like your kind of quality and standards become a little bit compromised. And there's lots of places where, you know, you're just not doing as much as you need to be to to get clients in as well. And when you get them in, you haven't got the capacity to to deliver it. So When you get to that stage, you know, when the busyness, if you like, of your business feels overwhelming, and that's the time to start thinking about a VA or building a team, would you suggest someone sort of starts with one of those categories, if you like, that you mentioned before and builds out from there? Or do you just kind of like start hiring people and and get a whole thing in place? What's what's the best starting place
1: so the, first of all, you want to look at what type of tasks that you should be focusing on, on the areas that you could outsource to somebody. So great tool I like to use is Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. It's yeah. a free time tracking tool that you can use on desktop or on your phone. And start tracking where your time is being spent on a weekly and monthly basis. Review those stats and see, oh, wow, I've been spending 10 hours a week on admin or I've been spending uh, 20 hours doing tech stuff, which is not really best use of my time. And so that will then identify where the roadblocks are, where you could actually outsource it, and then look at, okay, these tasks seem to be uh, related to, some of these tasks fall into this and this and this category. Then start to build out your org chart to say, okay, next year, in 12 months' time or in nine months' time or in two years' time, this is how I'd like my business to look. Me as a CEO, and I'd have this person in, this person, this person. And then start to map out, okay, which ones of those are the priority? And maybe it's the ones that's the most time zapping at the moment. So going back to your time tracking, if you notice that you're spending 50 or 60% of your time wasted on a, a specific area that could be outsourced to a tech VA, then that would be your priority to get that person in first. I would most certainly not recommend getting everybody in at the same time because what's going to happen is they're new. They need to understand your business. You need to train them. You need to give them access. The onboarding process, depending on what the tasks are, can take some time, which then takes you out of your business and defeats the whole purpose of hiring somebody to free your time. So you just want to start off with one person at a time, get them onboarded, see if it works for you, see if it's you're reaping the rewards and seeing a return of investment. So, the amount of time it was taking you to do that, now that you've got that free time now available, those 10 hours, are you seeing an increase of profits from that? Or are you getting more sales calls? Are you doing more marketing based on that? So that's the first the first point that I would suggest.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. I mean, I was slightly playing devil's advocate because, I mean, what a headache it would be if you tried to sort of put the whole team in place. And I think what you've outlined there, which I really like, is that, you know, it's not just a matter of help, having someone come in and, and help you with the firefighting. It's actually a strategic decision. And and I'm all about strategy and thinking ahead. So, yeah, looking at where the starting point with, would be to release the bottleneck. And I love that I've I've actually seen that tool toggle and in fact even whether or not you outsource that's a great tool to just look at how you're spending your day in terms of productivity and it's also it's not just a matter of you're spending too much time on sort of operational tasks that you could outsource but it I also find that it means really you should be spending more time on marketing and you can see in Toggle that you're not. And so that's where you need the additional help. So I sometimes feel outsourcing about sort of taking tasks away, but it's also putting tasks into the business. Um, so I really love that that sort of answer. You've given us a, a whole kind of strategy way of looking at this. And, and I like the 12 months um, idea that um, you, you've kind of got a vision, as you said, of how you want your business to look and what team members you want to have in place by the end of that period and then take it in small in small chunks if you like so i mean what i know it varies from task to task but what would you say is the the hardest thing in terms of that induction and onboarding and training of a new person in your business
1: Oh, it's hard for me to answer that because I guess yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, um, so I would say that what you want to start having in place is, okay, You so say you decide to have someone to, to do your social media for you. They need to have access to all those platforms to get started. So, you'll need to give them access to that. They'll need to have access to your branding, maybe your Canva platform, your Facebook, Instagram, and so on. Um, but also, they need to understand your vision and how, what it is your goal. So, they're representing your business in the right way and taking you on that journey. And then it's about also um, aligning aligning together and making sure that you're having those regular weekly catch-up calls together just to make sure that everything is going in, in the right way together. And with the social media task, what you want to do is record yourself actually doing that task. Um, so say, for example, you're creating a, a, a seven posts for the week. Record yourself doing that, the process you go through. So record your screen. You could use Loom, L-O-O-M or Zoom. There's mo- there's other various free tools out there. And record your screen doing the task and then save that video to your cloud drive, um, title it what it actually is and put it into a how-to videos folder so that when your team member starts, they're not waiting for your direction because... When they, when they start working with you, you may be really busy. You may be in a launch or you may be having a busy week with uh, clients. So you want to have that kind of task ready beforehand. And it doesn't necessarily need to be everything. It could be just one or two tasks just to get them started, just to get their feet mm-hmm. in um, mm-hmm. and, and get going with you to build momentum. I love
0: that. And, and it means that you take the pressure off when you actually hire someone and it starts costing you money. You know, you want to obviously get them working at ASAP. And so doing some of that beforehand, it also helps you get organized. And we'll we'll come back to that a little bit a little bit later. So part of this is kind of how you know if your business is ready to outsource. And I think you've you've kind of covered that. And I mentioned earlier you've got this great resource. These five telltale signs, you're ready to hire a virtual assistant. And I think that's really a a key starting point is like, am I ready? And a lot of people have said to me, you know, people who have really grown their business and scaled their business have said it's the best decision that they made was was to outsource and they wish they'd done it sooner. So that's going to be a great resource for people. So I will put the link in the show notes for that, but it's selenajohnson.com forward slash ebook. And I definitely recommend. That you have a look at that before you do anything else, just to see whether or not you're ready. I think one of the biggest takeaways um, from working with someone like Selena is that you don't just get a VA, but you learn how to outsource, you know, because you've got all of this expertise. And I guess a follow up and something that I get asked a lot is how do you get yourself organized? And just given us, you know, some examples of, of recording sort of certain tasks that you do but but it's also like documenting isn't it you know just having workflow processes um in place because sometimes we do a lot of these things intuitively you know as we go along how important is that to do that that work up front you know it feels like a an extra job in itself sometimes doesn't it
1: yeah I see that and and if you look at a traditional or typical entrepreneurs they're visionary leaders so detailed orientated tasks like workflows SOPs are not their zone of genius that's not where they sit at best so you would look at getting somebody on your team to create the workflows for you okay so a lot of people say oh, I can't hire a VA because my systems are not in place and I haven't got it organized. You can't go my email. Yeah. <laughs> By no means do not look at my emails because there's 10,000. <laughs> well, we've worked with someone who's had 45,000. So don't worry about it. We're used to working with people. And that's what we enjoy doing is uh, taking chaos to calm. We like looking at problems that. and finding solutions. So it's, Normal for us to go into a business where things are slightly n- not as you want them to be and just realign them for you and streamline your business. And that's our zone of genius. So do not have fear if you think that your ducks are not in a row. Don't be like me. I tidy my house before my cleaner comes because I don't want her to see the house in the mess. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of us yeah. do that.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's what housekeepers are for. No, it's that's that's good advice. And I mean, it, it sounds like a bigger a bigger job then. I mean, it I guess it decides it depends on the size of your business as well as to whether you kind of get someone in to help you organize for getting people in, if you know what I mean. It seems like um an extra step that you have to take. But if workflow process mapping and you know, looking at your um your day-to-day isn't a strength of yours, then that might be the best starting place actually is to get someone to help you with that. And I certainly know from our conversations before this actual interview is that actually that's something that the VA themselves can often help with, you know, even one person um, because that's what they do. That's what they do all day long. They go into the business and they help kind of streamline things and they help. So it's not just like hiring someone to do a you know, menial tasks. These people are, this is what they do. So um, I think it it is about getting the right person. So, I mean, how did you get into all of this? Let me ask you that because you obviously know from experience how this works. Um, You've worked with lots of businesses, you've worked with lots of busy people. You know, how did you get into the whole VA scene? Let's just find out a little bit about that history.
1: Yeah, so actually, I came from an art background. So I studied a degree in typography and media design. Um, and whilst I was studying that, I was actually working for a small broadcast um, studio um, in London, uh, which I really enjoyed working with them. It was a shopping channel and um, they had hundreds of products. And I was helping organize these products, working with the buyer. And it was just a natural fit for me, taking what I've learned from my design studies. of having a brief, the brief's the same, but the results of every student was different, the way that they organize and put something together, the results. And I just I just like taking something and simplifying it, making, giving somebody something that's clear and understandable and digestible for them to utilize. And I just enjoyed working with these businesses and growing with them and being part of something. Um, so it was just a natural progression from there that I just continued to support different businesses um, And then I worked with some really amazing people. I worked with Dame Zaha Hadid, who's a really renowned um, architect, who's won uh, phenomenal awards um, globally. And it just came to a point where I've just got this high attention for detail and just have this passion to help people. And then I, um, sadly, she passed away. And then I decided to take some time out of my business and be a a stay-at-home mum. And that lasted about two weeks. (laughs) And then I got (laughs) (laughs) bored. (laughs) <laughs> I had enough of the, uh, the conversations uh, with mums about nappies and milk, bot- different milk bottles. And then I read in the paper about hiring um, virtual assistants, And I said, oh, this sounds quite interesting. So I, I started to test it out for myself just to see what it was about and if I could do that myself. And then within a month, I set up my own business and had clients coming through the door. And then within a year, I was at full capacity within my agency. So um, it's worked really well for me. I really enjoy supporting various different clients. You know, we work with uh, private doctors, entrepreneurs, speakers, consultants, fitness instructors. It's so varied. um, And I I love all the different tasks we help them with and seeing them on their journey when they come to us and say, I'm overwhelmed. I forgot to do this. I've lost this client because I just can't keep up with it. My systems are behind. Um, I've got this launch coming up and I haven't done this. Every every different case scenario, we've been able to help them and see them so happy, and you know the testimonies we get are just make me so proud to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's such an impact when you can see that that change, and you know, right from day one, in in many ways, just that sense of relief that you can bring to people. I would imagine that's uh, pretty satisfying. Yeah, not to just the client, but to you guys too. So yeah. I mean, looking over your your website and some of the testimonials you just sort of mentioned there, I mean, let me say it's one of the best designed sites I've seen in terms of positioning and messaging and, and just the gorgeous style and layout I noticed. Um, but here's the thing that jumps out to me. You seem to have really cracked the code for finding just the right person. I mean, the testimonials were very much talking about, you know, this is absolutely the right match for me there's a lot of of people that struggle because they think, well, what if I don't get on with the person? What if they don't get my business? What if they're not as good as they say they are? And um you know what's what is this code that you cracked? You know what what can we learn from from the process of of picking the right person and that selection process, perhaps?
1: Yeah, so I'm very particular about the team members that join the agency. And it's, it's it's not a quick hiring process. So it lasts about three to four four weeks, the whole process. And, you know, we, we, we check along the way. There's lots of different steps. There's about six different steps along the way that they all go through. And not every application will make it to the end. Because it's very important for me to build that long-term relationship with the client. So there's a lot of things that we look for to make sure that it's a right fit before we even put them to in, be interviewed by a client um so that is their availability of hours do they have the capacity to grow with the client what is their ethos what are their long-term yeah. goals um, are they planning to look for a job for two months or are they looking for long-term commitment um, where are they located because the time zone could be an issue as well and then we look at their history and then we actually check their background records of their history as well to actually make sure that matches um, because often people can talk the talk, but actually when you have them and they do the work, it's a completely different scenario. So um, it's just having the skills to see that. And also we give them trial tasks to do in, in my business, which are paid, but just to make sure that the quality of work that they're producing is at a highest standard. But also what we've asked them to do actually meet the expectations as well. And they've understood the task Um, So those are all the processes. We also do personality tests as well and behavioral questions as well. So we give them instances. Well, if you were off today and a client contacted you and said they can't find this and they had a presentation, what would you do? Um, So we ask these specific questions just to see what the answer would be and whether they would be a right fit for the type of clients that we have coming through. Also, I like to ask my clients, what, what are they expecting? How do they like to work? Because we may have a client who is very has these ideas they have like a hundred ideas coming out of their mind every day and they want this task done they want this funnel set up like yesterday Always. and then they to <laughs> with a virtual assistant who's very structured they plan out their whole week the week before and they know what they're doing ahead of a week that wouldn't be a good match at all because it may last that relationship will probably last a couple of weeks and then it will explode because the client's wondering why they haven't done it and the VA's like why are they asking me to do this so urgently I need to know I need seven days notice. So that match wouldn't work. So it's not just about skill set; it's also checking the style of work matches with the person, also the personality fit as well.
0: That's brilliant. I mean, gosh, there's a lot packed into all of that. I'd have to listen that to that back and write myself a list uh, for when I next outsource because I think a lot of people, they only think short term, you know, maybe those are the people that that are constantly in that I need it ASAP mode. Um, yes. And so they, you know, that even if they know what to do in writing a brief, they'll go on to Upwork or something and they'll stick up a, a job advert and and then they'll do the selection. And it's a kind of like a short term scenario, I feel. And again, what I see from the way you approach it and how I think business owners ought to be thinking about this is, is getting someone in, as you said, great wording, it's going to grow, who's going to grow with your business, So, And it comes back to what I said right at the start, you know, with that holy grail of looking for the person that because of not not a jack of all trades per se, but can turn their hand to a number of things. Because ultimately, if you get someone good and they fit with you style wise, they might well be able to learn new things and and they might want to as part of their own professional development. So I love that answer. That's just such a, a list of things to think about both long term and the short term. And I think the more you can be specific in that brief that you write about the type of person, about the expectations and how much flexibility, that seemed to be a key thing. You know, not many of us are very good at dealing with uncertainty. (laughs) And I think in today's world, and, and certainly if you're in the entrepreneurial space, you are very opportunistic and you do want to build a funnel fast sometimes to test something out. So, you know, it's, those are great, great questions and great things to, to look for in the the person that's going to join your team. What's your experience? Probably a tricky question, but what's your experience of people working through an agency like yours that, you know, takes some of that. I mean, that's your professional expertise is finding the right people coming back to that versus kind of, trying it out on your own and and maybe hiring the wrong person or spending, you know, wasting money.
1: Yeah, so there's the pros and cons there. So if you hire somebody who's an individual, so they're working on their own independently, um, you will get them at a lower rate than you would with an agency. But one key factor is that if that virtual assistant is sick or goes on holiday, what cover do you have in place for you during your business? You know, for example, I had a coach who I saw she was uh, doing a presentation. Mm-hmm. She was um, launching her um, mastermind in our coaching business and her VA was off sick um, and it was very last minute. And then when she was presenting her this presentation that she normally does that's really amazing, her slides were really blank and there wasn't much on them because... The VA hadn't done them because she was off, and then the Ooh. client couldn't do it because she had been busy all day. So yeah. it affected, if it, so things like that, if you work with an agency, the VA would tell the account manager or the lead person that they're and they're then off. So here's what needs to be doing that's urgent and we find somebody else on, on the team to do it. So you would have support every day of the week except for bank holidays. But you, you have that cover available to you, which is one of the advantages of working with the agency. But also as your business grows and you need more support, rather than going through the whole hiring process, they would already know, the agency already know you, know what you're looking for, and then could go and find somebody in the team to support you there. So it just depends on where you are in your business and what where, what stage you prefer. Some people prefer to go independent to support the smaller businesses. Some like to go to the agencies just for that um, reliability that they know they've got that uh, protection. But also, if anything, um, if they had any concerns, they know that they can go to their account manager to just flag any issues with them and it can get resolved quite quickly.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's you've basically got a team of people who are pre-vetted to be kind of the, the caliber that you're looking for. So, I mean, there's a price associated with that rather than trial and error. I think sometimes, um, not just with outsourcing, but a lot of the time, and I'm guilty of this as well in the past as well, as still probably it's mentally in my head is it's kind of, we, we try and bootstrap our business. We try and grow, you know, with the least possible investment. Um, and I think it's, a, a, it's a, a situation of really being a sole trader of being, you know, you're still kind of, thinking of everything that goes out in expense-wise is, is taking away from what you're earning. So it's, it's, a, it's a difficult mindset sometimes to get out of, of actually spending money on your business and seeing profit margins as opposed to just income. And um, That's mm. certainly something that I had to change my mind about. I mean, I don't know any solo professionals who are under six figures who spend 30% of their profits on marketing but generally it's the kind of 333 three, three scenario where you know you need to spend money on delivering your business the operations you need to m- spend money on bringing new clients in on the marketing and then the rest you know the other third is profit is is your income so i think until you get to that mindset of investing in your business you're probably not going to break the six figures very easily so that's definitely something that i learned a long time ago um I mean, really loads of food for thought there in, in everything that you're sort of saying in terms of if it's overwhelming to you, start with an agency. It might cost a little bit more, um, but it, it means that you're going about it in the right way. And you're also learning how to outsource as you go along from people that this is what they do. This is their professional expertise. As you said, you're, this is your genius zone. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that because on your website, You talk a lot about using VAs as a way to remain in your zone of genius. I'd really like to hear a little bit more about what you mean there exactly.
1: Yeah, so I love to use that. That's one of my daily phrases. And it's (laughs) basically the area where you're doing your best work. It's you enjoying the work, but also you're seeing a return of investment. It's the high leverage task where you're going to see an extreme difference in your business as you scale. So when you focus on your zone of genius, that's when you see an instrumental shift in your business financially and also in, in growing and scaling your business. Um, so when I asked clients about what are the three tasks that they would like to focus, in, focus on in their business that helps them to stay in their zone of genius, the answers were to do with marketing, PR, appearances, uh, networking, speaking events. They were the main areas that they were looking at, um, JV Partnerships, they were the key areas that they were focusing on. They weren't focusing on admin, sending proposals, checking their emails, booking travel, setting up sales pages, sending out welcome packs. They weren't focusing on those areas because that's not their zone of genius. They can most certainly do the task, but it's not best use of their time. So a key example is when a new client joins your business, how long has it taken you to onboard them, maybe to send out the welcome pack? put all the, the information together about the links or for the calls or, the, you know, the welcome email that goes out. If it's taking you maybe an hour or two hours to put the whole thing together and your your hourly rate is £100 an hour, that's £200. If you outsource that to a, a virtual assistant, that could be anywhere between 40 to £60 pounds for them to do it. And maybe they'll probably do it quicker than you because they're more efficient at doing these, these tasks and producing them quicker. Those two hours of your time could then be spent elsewhere looking for new work, um, looking for those those specific areas I mentioned to you, which are your zone of genius. So it's taking you from that shift of having that productivity time to be in that area and getting out of your zone of incompetence. So so your zone of incompetence (laughs) would be the areas where it's just not your skill set. You know about it, but you're just not well versed in it. And your zone of competence is that you know how to do it, but someone else can do it much better than you. That's their zone of genius. So that's what I talk about. This brilliant support system, and you want to be about eighty percent of your time in your zone of genius because that's when you're going to see a huge shift.
0: Yeah, so that's like the eighty twenty principle in you know in in VA terms. I, I I love that, and and it goes back to to what you said at the beginning as well of the things that you don't enjoy, but also the things that you aren't very good at, um, but you have to do because it's just you and your business uh, to start with. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's interesting how few people put a value on their own time when they're doing some low-end tasks. I mean, it's not just that, but say someone wants to produce a sales page, and I get this a lot. Is there's a lot to learn, both in terms of you know what's a sales page, how do you lay it out, copywriting, calls to action. You know, there's a lot of different elements to it, and all of it's new to some people, and they they produce something which doesn't look very good doesn't actually convert very well um And it's taken them hours (laughs) because it's not their zone of genius. So why not get someone in for whom they can do that quickly so it doesn't cost you very much and they can do it really well. So, I mean, that's a brilliant example of the kind of implementation services that you want to outsource. Um, And I could probably think of a (laughs) hundred others as well. Um, And I suppose it really is back to your categories again, is, is thinking about what those kind of things what category they would fit into as to which kind of person you you need to get in place. So um, it does come back to getting getting organized. But it sounds to me that if you if you go through an agency like yours, you you know you don't have to have it all worked out to go to to someone like yourself, that you'll actually have that conversation with people and you'll you'll go through these kind of lists that you're giving us here. And help them to work out a plan, an outsourcing plan, and then start to put the right people in place. Does that sound about right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're not expecting you to be perfect at all when um, we speak with you. So on the call, what we like to do is understand your business, what services you offer. And then from that, I'm able to pinpoint the best areas that we can help you on for you to see a quick return of the support that we're offering you. And then we'll list out any pain points that you're having, any struggles you're having at the moment, and then work out what the priority tasks are and which ones we can start off with initially initially, and then make a plan of where where that could lead to in three months, four months down the line of the additional tasks we could then start to at a later date.
0: And can somebody come to you and, and just sort of ask you for a, for a free consult on that? Or do you, do you have a, a paid consultation process to help them create the plan?
1: So um, we ha- offer a free consultation call to look at their business and to see what type of task a virtual assistant can help them with, because that's often a sticking point is, the yes, they don't understand what VA can do and what tasks they, from their business, they should give to somebody else. So we help come up with those ideas for them and make, and make a list for them. And then some clients um, struggle where you mentioned about sales pages. They are have this offer, but they just don't know what they need, how they need to put it together. Back sometimes to
0: workflows, need, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, sometimes they just need an extra boost with a strategy course. So we offer those uh, strategy calls as a paid service to like a 60-minute session where they can just get to grips with what it is that they're trying to put together, come up with a plan, and then they can either take that plan away and utilize it in their existing team or look to hire somebody to execute it for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So lots of different ways to, I mean, you're kind of outsourcing the outsourcing planning (laughs) in some ways. Um, But that's great because I think that's incredibly empowering because one one of the the sticking points is well, I, I just don't know how to start. So you keep putting it off and, and putting it off is you know, I'm not organized enough. I don't really know what I would, how I would go about it all. And and so having that ability to talk with somebody about an outsource strategy, that's, I mean, that's just gold. So I would definitely encourage people to get in contact with, with yourself um, and have that conversation. You know, even if you say, okay, well, this sounds great, but it's not right for me right now. Um, at least you kind of know, you know, you, you're not sort of just constantly parking it. I, I read your bio, obviously, before you when we were looking at uh, getting you on the show. And I mean, you have supported some very high profile individuals. You mentioned uh, Dame Zahar Hadid. And uh, I mean, she, she's one of the most influential entrepreneurs in the UK. Shah Wasmund, and I hear her um, name banded around all over the place. Former co-director of the Serpentine Gallery, Dame Julia Peyton-Jones. And a Russian billionaire. I mean, how did that happen?
1: It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, these are just amazing opportunities that I've had. So I've been able to work with people at high level where their expectations, their rate, their bar, what they're expecting, is really high. So that's and that is then transferred to the team that I work with. So it's just been these amazing opportunities that I've had to work with people, and I've just been referred to other people um, as my career's progressed.
0: Yeah, I know that. I mean, in a way, kind of I imagine a lot of people listening thinking, yeah, but I'm not operating in those leagues. So what do you recommend to ordinary people like us?
1: So it's the same process. You know, my skills are transferable to a startup business, to a business that's turning on as six to seven figures. It's the same things, principles that they need, organizational structure in their business. They need to streamline their business so that when they're growing their business, they can remove themselves from it. So if I asked you a question now, Jay, if you were to take yourself out of your business now for uh, a month, what would happen to your business?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of there's still so much uh, I'm a control freak over for <laughs> sure. Um but yeah I I I've 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 outsourced most of the the operational bits. Um it, it really depends on the type of work that I'm doing at the time. So at the moment we're doing a lot of coaching um and well certainly for me personally but I mean I I have partners in the business who they would just carry on. They would just you know I don't have to oversee their work. They're fairly independent. So It would be more my part of the business and um, I'm pretty leveraged. So I guess it would just run out after maybe a month, then there would be a lack of direction, I think would start to disappear a little bit. It's like, well, what are we doing now, guys? (laughs) Um, So perhaps that, I don't know. Um, Good question, though. Very good question. Um, I would imagine most people are not leveraged enough that their business can just continue more than a month for sure, for sure. So, I mean, first of all, you're building in a VA team, but then you need to build in the leadership components and you start looking towards teams and organizational culture. And that's a whole different level beyond outsourcing. So maybe we'll get you back on the show, to talk about that kind of level. because I think that's the bit that uh, gives you that long-term ability to just take a year off and travel the world. (laughs) Brilliant. So, okay, let me turn the turn it back on you. What what are your leverage strategies? I mean, what would you do to take a a month off?
1: So, I've got an operation assistant in my business, which just mirrors what I do in my business, so that she knows the back end of the work. So, I've got a plan B in place that if I needed to disappear or <laughs> take some time off that uh, I've got somebody in place, but also my team as well. If they need to take time off, there's somebody available who knows the work who could take it over. So I've got that consistent revenue coming through. You know, obviously appearances like this are going on podcasts. I wouldn't be able to continue, but it, I, I still have those contingencies in place. Um, but if you are not able to hire someone from the get-go in your business right now, is looking about what you could automate in your business just so it takes certain elements of you out of it. So maybe um, your onboarding current process for when a client joins, could you uh, get that automated um, so that you don't need to have to push the button or need to create the proposal? Um, looking at different steps that you could use in that way so that before hiring somebody just to free up your time a bit more. So there's a really great tool called Zapier or Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R, which I love. It's my favorite tool and basically talks between different platforms. So for example, every time someone books a consultation call with me, it creates an extra row in a Google Doc. So it creates the, the contact's name, their email address, the time and date of the call. So I'm able to then track the stats at the end of each month of how many calls I had and what was the return of those calls. Other great things is that it can send you a text message when you get paid. Um, it can, it just does so many tracking. It can, when you get an email and you want to save that file, it will automatically save it to your Dropbox or Google Drive folder for you. So these type of tasks, it's looking at the type of tasks that take up a lot of your time currently. Look to see if there's a way to add templates, canned responses, or automate it before you get help in.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's that's back to workflow processes. I mean, looking at your key business processes and which bits you can automate and which bits you actually need a human being in place to to, to help with. So yeah, I, I mean in my consulting work, that's what I do is business operation, operational improvement. And so process reviews is 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 a lot of what I do. I'm looking for efficiency, lean, uh, lean processes and that kind of thing, and then there's a layer of automation. That's nothing to do with outsourcing. It's kind of like which bits could you put systems in place? But I think what I'm hearing as well is that the the some of the people that you could bring in as a VA, um, and it's a stretch on the word VA. You know, they're actually quite specialist in these things. And just the way that you've described and these little tools, I think we automate parts of our business, and then it doesn't always work together. It's not an integrated set of tools. And then almost the, the systems become another big headache in themselves. Let's just talk about last year in the pandemic. Have you felt that that, that that situation has shifted things for the businesses you work with? Are people coming to you with different kinds of requests now?
1: So, yeah, we've had a lot of requests for businesses that are pivoting. So they've been doing a lot of one-to-one consultation, yeah. their business models around in-person meetups, masterminds, uh, retreats, and they've had to make the shift. Um, unfortunately, some businesses have had to stop because they just, that's their business model and they were unable to get online. Um, but, you know, we've had an influx of people around April onwards last year who needed that support from like, nutritionists, fitness experts, Or trying to get online. So it's interesting that people are shifting to a different business model of like memberships and and courses.
0: Yeah. And, and it's a whole big learning curve (laughs) for them in terms of, of how you reach people, how you reach your potential customers and clients, as well as all the technical systems and tools. So uh, yeah, I imagine that people just want you to, to take it over or do they ask for specific bits particularly?
1: So we generally ask what their goal is and what their priorities are in their business. And then we'll start working on that, that focus first, because often there could be like multiple different things that they want to do. So we focus on the priority, maybe the one that's going to give them the highest revenue generated uh, stream of income. Um, so say, for example, they wanted a membership or, or they, sorry, they wanted a course built. Uh, we would look at what current tools they have and then look, advise them on the cost to imp- implement a new uh, course platform and then what needs to be integrated with it, the turnaround time and everything that's needed to put together. Um, but also when it's building sales pages, it's also hand, holding their hand because this terminology and, and these new software systems yeah. are going to it. So it's just guiding them from the experience we have from working with other businesses who are online, what works and what hasn't worked for them. And, and then we, we're already steps ahead because we've done it before. So we can just take them straight there without them having to go on a long path um, to what they need and just help them deliver that.
0: And I think so much of what I see in terms of this kind of done for you services and implementation is that um, quite often there's a lot of focus on teaching you how to do it yourself rather than getting it done for you. And I mean, I've just been exploring that with with a company I'm coaching with. and it, it's kind of frustrating because there are some things that you, yeah, you want to know roughly the language as you say, some of the jargon um, and the principles behind why you're doing what you're doing. but actually getting it done, you just want to hand it over. And um there's actually very few services which will do that, and not charge you an arm and a leg. You know, like a big consulting firm um will want a huge amount of money. And it sort of, as I said before, takes you away from the sense of it being a VA because these are specialist roles, these are specialist people. It's 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 moving towards strategy, not just operational tasks, isn't it?
1: Yes it is there is a the fine line between the two but we just give that extra service that extra value so that you know that the way that we work is not that necessarily that you're directing us of what you, you we're not waiting for you to instruct us we're giving you the advice of the best way to go forward with what you're needing to get done so we can find the quickest route to get you there
0: yeah and I mean you've you give, give some examples on your website about the return on investment and I think you know it's it's knowing the kinds of metrics of if you invest in in outsourcing or a VA or someone to help you with a strategy, you know, what the payoffs are going to be. And I just think that's an important part of of the decision-making process. What would you summarize as being the three most important things that we should know about in terms of building a team? Can you sort of put your finger on three main things, which you absolutely need to get sorted?
1: I think it's going back to what we mentioned at the beginning, understanding um, what it is, where you want your business to go. So how you want your team to look in two years time and then start building that model um, slowly, but surely it's um, when you're, when you're delegating, it's being very specific about the type of task that you want somebody to do so that you get the correct um, output for what you've information you've given to them and the last part is having the time making sure that when you have somebody ready to work with you making sure you have that initial time at the start to onboard them into your business to make sure that it's a successful relationship
0: yeah what what you were saying before about do as much of the process mapping and and record little things about how you do stuff up front so that you're making the best use of that person so great three really good ways to get into this i think um i like that starting from the the vision and reverse engineering it if you like because it makes it manageable and yet you're you know you are building something you're not just firefighting um and i for me that's the biggest takeaway from from this is is helping you see the bigger picture of why you would hire someone not just the immediate the immediate gain of getting a particular job done Hey, look, I always have a punch question that I ask my expert guests, and it maybe follows from what you just highlighted. Um, but if you had a superpower that you could use to create leverage in your business, what would you choose?
1: Oh, that's a difficult one. A superpower. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I think it would be nice. to I think it would be to read, be able to read my client's mind, because sometimes... We don't get all the information from them at the beginning, so sometimes it's useful to <laughs> know it at the start. So, that is brilliant. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If I could read their minds, that would be amazing. Yeah,
0: because as a language thing, I would imagine you know, and actually getting to understand someone's business, um, and and sometimes they can't articulate it that well as to yes. what their vi- you know we talked about the vision and reverse engineering and working backwards. Um, sometimes they haven't thought about that enough. You haven't thought strategically or they don't have a, a, a belief that they can grow as fast as maybe they have the potential to grow. Um, so they're kind of getting in their own way. So it's helping people see that. So, yeah, I mean, getting in their minds is, is also, but also putting ideas in them into their minds sort of that I think that would be, that would be good too. So having that kind of link, that mind meld <laughs> sounds great to me. Sounds great to me. What a super, super power. Yeah. Great. So let's go back to basics. Uh, final kind of questions here. What are the top three things that you think people who haven't ever hired anyone what can they do right now to start thinking about hiring a VA or a team?
1: So they first of all need to look at what type of tasks they need to potentially give to a virtual assistant. So start off with that time tracking tool yeah. at the beginning. Do the homework first and start looking at where your time has been spent and the, the, the red flags are like start highlighting those areas that they're the tasks that you really don't enjoy. That's not best use of your time because you, you're you wasting time away doing that. Start highlighting those areas and, and looking to outsource it. Um, second is to just put the word out there. Start asking your network if they've got virtual assistant that they're using. If you know somebody who um, has a similar business model to you or diff- similar industry, Ask them: Do they have a virtual assistant, or do they do they know? Do they know someone? Just put the word out there, just so that you're not making it into a rush, but you're starting to get that into your mind that mindset that you are looking for somebody, and there is potentially someone there to start working with you. And then the third thing is to. Get yourself into the right mind shift that this is an investment, it's a long-term commitment that will make a difference in your business and um, just prepare yourself to reap the rewards of working with a VA and knowing that it's going to help shift your business in the right direction. So it's just putting your arms out there and saying, yes, I need this and I'm going to do it and I'm going to commit to doing this.
0: Oh, that's just superb. I mean, I, I love all three of those. Um, absolutely. Giving people some really concrete steps there, um, fantastic! Thank you so much. Hey, this was so incredibly valuable, Selena. I hope people have got lots and lots out of out of this. It's it's a bit of a can of worms if you're not careful, but you've just given us three, you know, really great starting points um, to kind of get yourself in gear without, as you said, it being a rush. Um, and I think that's that's something that you're kind of planning ahead how you want your business to to grow. And getting the support you need so um we've covered a lot of ground actually but you've you've covered some really good basics and you've also given us some more sophisticated sight of you know how this could go in terms of getting help with the with strategies as well any final parting wisdom that you'd like to leave our listeners with
1: i think it's about being positive um i can i totally understand that it's it can be scary to think about giving people access to your business but just take one step at a time and do it as you feel comfortable doing it and also speak to other business owners who have utilised virtual assistants to get their feedback on it just it will make you feel more confident that it can work for you and the final sentence is don't be the lid on your business growth.
0: I love that (laughs) Fantastic. I mentioned your ebook. You can get it selenajohnson.com forward slash ebook um, on those five telltale signs so that you can start thinking about this and using all these brilliant insights that you've given us today. So um, that's probably the best place for people to go and check you out, right? And get in contact.
1: Absolutely. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll put all of those links onto the show notes and uh, for this episode, um, but thanking you again, Selena, I'm sure everyone's got so much out of this. Um, go over to leveragebusinesspodcast.com, leave a comment. If you loved what we're sharing and anything else that you'd like us to share perhaps in the future, and we'll have you back. So um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed doing the interview. Thank you so much, uh, Selena. It's been lovely chatting to you always. Thank you. You're welcome. Great to have you here. And um, we'll come back next week with some more Leveraged Business Matters. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.